Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Jerry Recco is out today. Eddie Scazzeri joins me. Hi there, Eddie. Hello, podcast people. So you're back from your two days uh, uh, illness. Do you know what it was? Were you diagnosed with anything? Uh, I wasn't. Um, Did you go to a doctor? I was considering it on Monday when I yeah. felt really terrible. So you just woke up and you were like, what is going on here? Yeah, well, I felt something kind of coming on on Sunday, so I went to bed like my usual time during the week, which is about 5 o'clock, figured I'd sleep it off. Sunday at 5, you were like, shut Ooh. shut it down. Yeah, and usually Sunday, it's closer to 8. Yeah. You know, the weekend. Got a little the football thing. action, too. Red zone. Uh, and then when I got up at 1 o'clock, I almost fell. When I got out of bed, I was so dizzy and just very bad imbalance. So that was different. And I had a fever and I just felt like crap, like flu flu symptoms. Yeah. But not a severe like congestion or anything like that. And then I just, that's when I, I texted Fleegs and thankfully he was ready to step in or else I don't know what I, I guess I would have tried to come in. So it was more because of the Disney dizziness. Yeah. No, I did feel terrible and yeah. I did have 101 fever, which is relatively high for an adult, not alarmingly high, but high. Um, and I had all the, the chills and just really fatigued. And then I just, but that dizziness, like even after my fever broke, I was considering, Hey, maybe I should try to go in. But I, I still, I didn't think I could safely drive. Yeah, Fleegs and I were talking about that off the air, how sometimes like when you're when you're ill, mm-hmm. it's not so much like, ah, well, if, I could get, if I get into work and I sit down at the board or I sit down at the producer thing, I could get through it. Mm-hmm. It's the idea of the the commute that's like, I don't think I could yeah. feel this way and be in the car. Yeah, well, with the dizziness thing oh definitely not i was i was you know i would have put not only myself but others in danger yes potentially i could i guess i could have ubered but that would not have i don't think i would be here today if i tried to do that you'd have careened off the road no no well (laughs) maybe but i i think my recovery was greatly 
improved by the fact that I basically slept all day. Oh, that's true. On Monday. And I still had a fever yesterday, but I had set that up with fleas to, to cover me for yesterday. So, and then by like when I texted y'all yesterday about nine o'clock, I just had an, I did another in home COVID negative and the fever had dropped. So I was good to go. Yeah. All right. And you're at what percentage would you say you feel with 100% being, I feel terrific. Well, when I got in here, it was like maybe 60%. I was like, oh boy. And then as the, as usually happens, you kind of work through it and I'm feeling like maybe 80% now. Oh, not bad. Yeah. All right. And I, of course, for, for me, I want to be mentally sharp. Yes. Also for what I do. So I was okay. okay. Good. I saw that uh, we reported at the very end of Boomer and Geo that Norman Lear, Lear passed away. Mm-hmm. He was a TV icon. He did uh, Archie Bunker, All in the Family, Jefferson's, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of TV shows in the 70s. And he was 101 years old. That's a damn good run. Which is wild. Yeah. And then uh, earlier, though, in the day, I found out that uh, you I don't think you know who this guy is, but Ralph Sorella from the Howard Stern Show passed away. He was 58. Wow. Yeah. I guess um, Howard revealed that he had lymphoma, which I guess was very treatable if you treat it. Mm -hmm. And I guess he hadn't, he'd been delaying, delaying, delaying treating it. And he went in for treatment and passed away. Mm. Like, I guess one of the procedures they were going to do on him and and passed away. He was uh, 58. Man, Imagine the the years between fifty eight and one oh one. That's a lot of years. Yeah. That's uh, that's how many years? Forty three? Forty three more years. Mm-hmm. And probably at least half of them good, I would guess. Yeah. Maybe more. Yeah, he and Howard Stern were very close. And what was he uh So he the... he originally called into the Stern show as a high school kid. Mm-hmm. Just a fan, called and called. And then when Howard got the the Channel 9 show, I think I'm getting this right. When Howard got the Channel 9 show, this he offered to do the makeup for caricature type things when Howard was doing characters. He like he dressed Howard up as uh, uh Larry King when they were doing a Larry King bit, do the fake nose and all so he that's what he then did for a living. So I guess but in that process he became you know, Howard Stern, I guess, is someone who's not very close with a lot of people, became close with this guy. So they were friends for a really long time. So, mm. And Howard came in and did his show today. So uh, I'm sure that was shocking to him or very surprising, man. But 58 seems crazy. But I'm saying it's like, so Ralph passes away at 58 and then Norman Lear dies. So any shot you had of getting some sort of coverage, right? Norman Lear's going to get it. Exactly. Where if it was a slow news day, you might get... A little something. Ralph Sorella passed away. I met Ralph one time um, at the K-Rock Christmas party, I believe, when I was working with Booker all these years ago. I used to like to meet anybody connected to the Howard Stern show. So I was like a Howard Stern freak. Yeah, you were. Yeah. So... Not so much anymore, but... Not so much anymore, but uh, listen, the man entertained me for like 30-something years. and and changed... Well, I don't know if he changed our industry, but he certainly oh, for was sure. the most iconic figure in yeah. our industry. And got me the reason why I wanted to get into radio. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a radio first, sports, distant second mm-hmm. person. 
where a lot of people are sports, hardcore sports people that then get into radio. Right. That was my story. You were way into sports, like yes. Mets and right. right after the 86 Mets and all that stuff. Right. And then I became a radio guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to see the the two angles people come at these jobs from. Yeah. Because I really wasn't much of a radio listener at all until WFAN started. Yeah. And then I was all in. Then you're like, what is this? Yeah. What do we got here? And that was funny. Like the radio business being what it is. The, the sports radio stations around the country are almost always the highest rated stations. Yeah. Because it's something unique you can't get anywhere else. Uh, it's local, right? It's the local teams. It's live. Yeah. So um, I think that that part of the industry seems very strong, the sports radio angle. I agree. It's funny to see like how little by little different cities start to get. I always wonder where they found people. For like, if you're going to start a sports station in, like when they started one in Tampa, like where did they find people? Right. Are you looking for sports people? Because so, early on in the beginning, they would put like uh, writers on. Yes. To host shows. And it, sometimes that would work. But yeah. Probably at least half the time it didn't. Or they would uh, successfully take like uh, a broadcaster who maybe didn't know a lot of sports, but was a good a good talk show host and team them with a writer mm-hmm. who knew a lot about the local teams. And when FAN started, it was, um, well, it was supposed to be IMS right away, but then he had rehab and the whole thing. But, um, it was, I think Jim Lampley and Greg Gumble and Pete Franklin, who was a national. And these guys were all known guys already. Yeah. But nationally, you know, Jim Lamp, you know, Jim Lampley, yeah. the, the boxing. boxing dude. Yeah. Yeah. And then Greg Gumbel and and Pete Franklin, who was uh, you know an, a, a known I think from Cleveland uh, talk yes. uh, sports talk there, and then Steve Summers who was out in uh, uh, San LA. Francisco. Well, he was started in San Francisco, went to L.A. and then was in Atlanta, and but he was sort of a national brand. So we kind of went. Now Steve totally became. New York and worked out, but those other guys, yeah, it's tough. Really didn't, and then we changed to more local people. Yeah, I think that's what they found right in their mm-hmm. discovery is that, like, it's funny. Like, like, a, take a guy like Joe Beningo who is New York, right? Mm-hmm. He wouldn't work if he moved down to Atlanta and did a talk show on Atlanta Sports Talk and had to talk about the Falcons and the Braves. Like, mm-hmm. it just wouldn't work. He's so. New York heavy and like you do have to be a fan I think or have some passion for and know the history and what's been going on with these sports teams in order to do this well yeah no it can happen where somebody from this area can go elsewhere yeah and make it work it has happened like Mike Valenti uh I don't think he's from the city I think he's more from like upstate New York maybe but still a New York sports fan and what, ended up able, in Detroit. Yeah, and kills it there. Yeah, I guess I could have done that in Tampa mm-hmm. had I really been into that. But, yeah, I think certain areas, like I think uh, Joe Beningo could go down to Miami and do a, oh, a, a talk show. 100%. Tampa, Orlando, that, like the area. There's a lot of transplant. Yeah, New the York Carolinas, is. like where the yeah. uh, Phoenix New Yorkers go. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if that could work. Let's say you do this. 
you take a place like Miami or Phoenix and you do a New York sports station. Like treat it like you're here. You're mm. doing you're covering the New York teams locally. You know, are there enough people that that could be a niche um format? Well, ultimately it's going to come down to are the people entertaining, yeah. which we've talked about before. Just like we're surprised by the fact that there are people all over the country who watch us on CBS uh, Sports Network right? who with, then call in. With no connection. They weren't previously correct. in New York. Right, and don't really care about the sports, but they like Boomer and Geo and you and I and Jerry. So you have to win the people over, and then they'll listen really doesn't matter what they're talking about. If you're entertaining and they like the hosts, then they're going to listen. Yeah, I always like getting a call from like somebody in Alabama, and they're like, why don't you guys ever talk about Alabama football? And it's like, oh, no, we're, we're a New York show. We just happen to be on mm-hmm. the thing. But they've been watching all along. Right. I don't know if they've caught on to that or or they – you know, it's just funny. You're right. Like it's 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 weird to see because there are some days when I when I'll look up at the call screener call screener that I work on and it'll be all different states represented up there. Yeah, not heavily concentrated in New York. It's crazy. It's weird, wild well, stuff. The, the majority, eighty percent, are in our listening area, yeah. radio listening area. Yeah, I would say that's true. But still, that's a large portion that is not yeah that's just uh, watching on uh tv mm-hmm. and now you got uh you, you got the app so you can listen like if you if you did move from this area and you were a big yankee fan met fan you have uh the odyssey app you could listen to yes. them live uh during the show today we talked about shower at when you were in high school high school sports mm-hmm. boomer talked about uh teams and you know you showering after a game or after gym class Gio said, in his high school, the showers and all were so disgusting, nobody used them. After a game, they'd... D- do you recall any of that in high school? Did anyone shower after gym class? Uh, no. Yeah, my, me neither. No. There were showers there, though, right? Uh, yes, for yeah. sure. So I wonder when that stopped. And, and I think some people did. Like the guys who maybe were on the sports teams. Yeah. And not that you or I were on the Correct. sports teams. Uh, but yeah, they, I think I, I do have a vague memory of, you know, again, high school gym class, not really a, a great memory for me. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of remember some guys showering, but I think they were the jocks. Yeah. I, I remember there being showers. Mm -hmm. No, I never saw a single person shower after gym, but I do believe the teams showered. Yeah. Because I do remember... Not that I was any good at it, but I was good in the field. I was a terrible hitter for baseball. But I remember even the thought of going out for the baseball team. In my head, it was like, am I going to shower after mm-hmm. this? And then if I don't shower, am I the weirdo? Like, yeah. I didn't want any part of that. Yeah, and uh, it's funny. When I when my, my dad, uh, in in between my, I think it was my, my freshman and sophomore year of college, and then every summer after that, because I, I wasn't old enough in my before college, he got me a job in a paper mill in Clark, New Jersey. Because, uh, you know, he worked for this company, United States Gypsum, and they had a, a paper mill plant and blah, blah, blah. 
and you would get like really filthy. Doing what? Like what even uh, goes on in a paper oh, mill? Oh God. Uh, well, I was assigned. I was uh, assigned to the uh, mechanics department. So, and any shitty, dirty, dirty job that there was, you know, I got. <laughs> like you know, it was clean out, and the paper stock stinks. So you're make... breathing all this in as well. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Oh, like and cleaning off these huge rollers that were covered with this paper, but. It had like a glue on it, and that had to be all polished off before it could be used. And I was using kerosene. Oh my to gosh! Get, oh, it was, it was hideous. <laughs> um, and then just working on these pumps with oil and this yeah. and grease, and it was just, or just if you had to go clean stock off stuff, you know, it was just it was quite terrible. But it was like a real job, and it and it showed me, hey, if you don't want to do this kind of thing for the rest of your life, you better go to school. That was my dad to put that into my head, and it worked. Although, as it turned out, I probably didn't need to go to school to do what I do now. Right. But, uh, and after, and they had one of those those big sinks where that, with that grease soap that uh, that you would, uh, uh, I forget what I it forget was. the name of it, too. Yeah. You know, know what, what you mean, about. yeah. It's like a pumice kind of. Yes. A, and it just cut through grease great. So you do that when you had your, you know, when you went for your lunch break. But then at the end of the day. Almost every guy in the mechanics department would shower. What? And these these are not like kids. These right. are men. And and I did. What was the what was it individual stalls? No, or it was, was it just an open shower with about eight shower heads in there? So So and, everyone they would because a shift would end, so people would be there at the same time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was most of the most of the guys in the uh, mechanic department, they they you know all worked most. There were a few on each shift. Uh, somebody like there for emergencies or whatever, but most of the guys were there in the day shift doing you know projects or what have you. But they would all shower after because you were literally you were filthy. Like you wouldn't even want to. You couldn't get in your car in the clothes. They had oil. All, it was gross. So I I had to just. I was not psychologically prepared for that. But then again, this is not high school, so there wasn't that element of, you know, sort of bullying or yeah. mocking or anything like that. But it was still, you know, showering with eight other grown men. <laughs> and I'm a kid. Right. You know? And so I, but I, I had to do that. And I, like thinking back, I was like, wow, I did that for four summers. Do you recall getting used to it? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like they like... Probably the first time you did it, or the couple times you did it early on, you probably were thinking about it as soon as you got in and to for your shift. Yeah. Like, oh, at the end of the shift, I have to shower. It's yeah. Good. Well, and then you just get used to it at some point. You do, and especially because it's not high school, there wasn't that element of, you know, bullying or mocking or what have you. The cool kids. I mean, there was there was some jocularity for sure, but not like, you know. Again, these guys, they're married men with kids. They just want to get home. They don't care what this dopey kid whose dad is a boss at another plant. You know, that was more of a thing. You know, that's what I would get mocked for. Like, oh, your dad's a big boss. But then they, they liked me. So Yeah, well, because I think it's interesting that if your dad was the big boss, to still put you in a job that was not a cush job. No. He didn't get you a cush job in no, that no. place. You had a right. a physical labor job. Yeah, yeah. And the foreman of the uh of the department 
used to work for my dad in another plant on Staten Island. So my dad probably told me, yeah, give it to him. <laughs> so we got to teach him some life lessons here. Take care of him. Don't let him get hurt. Yeah. But don't go, don't take it easy. Don't take it easy. Do you recall guys not showering and just getting in their cars and going? Uh, there were a few who had, uh, like, uh, who worked maybe in the machine shop who were like spinning lathes and making stock and equipment and all yeah. this other stuff that ne- didn't necessarily get, they're not going to get filthy. They could. And the guy who worked in the storeroom and the supply room, that sort of thing, which wasn't like a big sweaty job. But so you did that four summers? Four summers. Yeah. The United States gypsum paper mill plant in Clark, which I think is closed now. This was um, in your college years? Yeah. Okay, so you'd go to school during the so during the school year. Did you have a job as I well? I did up at uh, at school. I worked for the dining and kitchen authority. Wow, at Stony Brook. What I was think, that like working at the cafeteria? Oh of the my school god, was, you were going it was to. awful. Oh, was, uh, that was you just see things you don't want to see, and it's like yeah, but again, you block it out, and you <laughs> still would eat. You know, <laughs> I but, always think about like depending on the industry you work in. Like my dad worked at Newark Airport. Mm-hmm. I am sure he saw things going on with airplanes oh, yeah. that people would be like, I am not getting on that airplane. Right. <laughs> but of course. Doctors, uh, nurses, they see sure. some crazy things. Yeah. And then in a food preparation type place like you were in, is that what you're seeing? Like like food preparation? Oh, yeah, everything. Crazy? I did everything. I did everything from do, be, doing being on the serving line, yeah. being in the kitchen, being on the, the wash rack. You know, to cycle, you know, make sure all the dishes get washed and put back out and all this stuff. Again, mopping floors. And I did I did everything. At the school? At the, at, yeah, at Stony Brook. And was it weird to see fellow students in there if you were uh, working well, in there? Well, no. They were like, oh, hey. You know, because I would say 95% of the, of the workforce was local high school kids. Oh, okay. Or local non-college students who were, you know, maybe my age or a little older. But just that was their job. It was very few students who worked there. What was the most concerning thing you would see that? Oh, just just the, you know, like food would fall on the floor, you know, well, you know, five second rule back in the tray. You know, <laughs> and it was just just a little gross and stuff that's not going to kill you. Right. But the people knew it's just gross. But that's maybe why you never want to go back into the kitchen. Correct. I know. I think about that when I see the kitchen sometimes. Yeah. You know, like even if you're at a diner and like a waiter or a waitress will walk out and the mm-hmm. door will flap and you like kind of get a peek into the kitchen. Yeah. Sometimes you don't want to. No. Better no. look away. Yes, for sure. Although well, other times when I go into a restaurant, sometimes they'll have as part of the decor of the restaurant, the whole kitchen is open. Mm-hmm. You could see. I kind of like that because I feel like. Not a lot of shenanigans can yeah, go on. Right. But I also like the idea of don't even let me have an idea what's going on back mm-hmm. there. One or the other. Yeah. Yeah. That was that. Oh, the job, the job that I, I think I might have mentioned this before. Job I had in the summer when I was too young to work at the mill because you had to be 18. Yeah. Uh, that's when I, I worked. I stood out in the middle of the toll plaza of the Verrazano handing like exchanging money for tokens. <laughs> And that That's was a great in it, in it, like you know, basically like I was a prisoner in a bright orange thing <laughs> on work release. 
Just giving people change uh, or tokens no token, for money. Tokens. Okay, how would they not hold up traffic? Like, wh- well, I, we were we were instructed <laughs> to stand out enough so people, if they wanted, they could kind of slow down. But it was thinking back, it was like very dangerous. Are you cars coming? Yes, out of <laughs> yes, yeah. Not knowing who's driving them, what state of intoxication they right. may be. Yeah, this was this was like two decades, maybe. This was eighty. When did I graduate? This was 85. So yeah. when did Easy Pass come out? Oh, I don't know. I feel like that so was a long this time. This was the summer of 1985. Yeah. So you're doing tokens. Just selling tokens to people who didn't like, and it was a new program. So people didn't really know what the hell was going on. And then it was bizarre. So you, you were handling cash? Oh, yeah. So you're, you're standing t- out there. With, right. Taking cash, giving them tokens so they could go to the token lane. If you remember those. Yeah. Right, because that was the thing before Easy Pass. If you had tokens, you went faster through the lane, correct? Because you didn't need exact, you didn't mm-hmm. need to find exact change, which people would do as they were pulling up, right? Or go through the lane where you needed to get physical change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my friend Paul always thought it would be. He always wanted a job as a toll collector. He thought, boy, well, that seems like a cool job. You get your own booth. Mm-hmm. You could listen to any music you wanted, right? No one bothers you. There's no boss there. You're and in your own little thing. Takers are those one of those jobs that have gone, gone. No toll Although taken. There might be like one live. Yeah, person. occasionally you'll see a live person. Yeah. Then they even they could because they tried at one point where if you didn't have the toll money, you took the envelope mm-hmm. that was there. I remember that. And the Parkway you, had. That. Yeah, and then you when you got home or something, you would pay. Right. Pay that way. Now yeah. I think they scan your license plate if you go through. And, and I heard, I don't know if this is true or this is just legend, that Johnny Mathis's brother was a toll taker on the Golden Gate Bridge for many, many years. That's a cool one. I think that's true. If you had to do it somewhere, Golden yeah. Gate Bridge yeah. is a cool one. Yeah, it is. Wow. So those were three, like, those were three real jobs you had. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Token uh, seller, cafeteria, paper mill. Yeah, the paper mill was physically the most demanding, yeah, for sure. And it was hot; it was just smelly and just probably somewhat dangerous. Sure, I'm sure you're breathing in things you oh, shouldn't. And, have I, been and I had in. to wear; we had to wear at all times steel tip work shoes, uh, hard hat, safety goggles, and earplugs at the mill for the eight hour shift. Yeah, unless you were in the break room, but you went out on the floor. You had to, because it was loud. And you know, and they used to give the earplugs. Used to, guys used to tie them to the back of their their hard hat, and you know, just put them in. Yeah. And those would get disgusting and gross, right? But you know, you would you pretty much need a new one every day. When I went to school at Indiana State University, I went there in 1992. Uh, there was a distinct smell in the town, and people said, "Oh, it's the paper mill." Mm-hmm. Yeah, paper stock. When paper gets all wet, and yeah, yeah, it stunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting trip down memory lane. Good times. All right, Eddie, let's do the warm-up show. Sure. I did that with CeeLo, and CeeLo will be back tomorrow, and you'll be back tomorrow for yes. the post-game podcast. Mm-hmm. So- 
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Oh, hi there. Uh, Al Dukes here. Jerry Recco is out today. He'll be out tomorrow. I think this is Rutgers related. I think they're like have a road trip Correct. or something. Wake Forest, Al. Oh, is that right? Yeah. They're going for two days? Well, it's not around the corner, so I think they traveled yesterday, and they probably get back in the wee hours of tonight slash tomorrow morning, so Jerry figured instead of you know coming here and working on an hour yeah. of sleep... I've got the days here at the end of the year. Let's make it a, a back-to-back day off. These basketball yeah. players go to class there. How's this work? Um, I'm sure they do, but they have exceptions, of course, when they travel. Not just basketball players, but yeah, any the of the college athletes. That yeah. never made sense to me. Like, at all levels, by the way. As you know, I, know, I teach at a, no. small, a small division, I think it's Division three school. And yeah, it makes no they've sense. They've got games. They're not in class. No, that, that if unless you are have a pretty good chance of making it to the pros... We're playing professionally, like in Spain or something. You should not be missing class because you're on the volleyball team. That's stupid. Well, generally, they try to have the student athletes, oh, the student athletes, yeah, student schedule athletes. their classes around when games and practices are going to be, but sometimes that's unavoidable. Like if Caleb Williams doesn't want to go to class, I'm good with that. That guy's going to be a professional football player. Yeah, huh? He can miss all the classes he wants. But if you are at like a Division two or Division three school yeah. and you're the backup center, Get to get the class. Well, I You're think need a that they plan. clear all that in advance, and they oh, yeah? make up their work and work with their professors to try and figure out how to do what they need to do okay. to get the proper credit for that class. Eddie Scazzeri's back today. Eddie was uh, missed two days with illness. Really? Yeah, last wow. two days. That so, is rare. Yeah, people if were. If you were out ill, it yeah. must have been significant. Eddie, we were very concerned because Eddie missed uh, two full days of work, but he's back here okay. today. I did see, uh, you know, the late notice about the switch to Fleek, so I figured something was up, but yep. I wasn't sure. So good to have Eddie back. Good to have Eddie back. Absolutely. <clears throat> I got to be honest with you, Al. Yeah. I was struggling a little bit last night, this morning myself. With an illness, but now, I mean, I don't know. Just you know, this time of year, a little rundown. I've had a nagging cough for over. It just don't feel great. Dinner didn't sit right with me last night. But as soon as I walk into this studio here with you, mm-hmm. all of a sudden the energy and the vibes. Oh yeah, I'm uplifted. We've got the beautiful Christmas holiday decorations. 
the poinsettias, poinsettia or poinsettia? I say poinsettias. Poinsettias. So it's all the big hat is here for Boomer and Geo Live. I've got some Kwanzaa candles Kwanzaa in front of Kwanzaa candles. We have, I've got the menorah over here. Right. So it's all good, and I'm ready to go. Everything's represented. Everybody's represented here. That's how we do it. I had a weird day yesterday wherein, like, you ever have an, a day where you send out emails that you're pretty sure are going to get a pretty quick response, a couple hours? Yeah, sure. And then nothing, and mm -hmm. it's multiple people, and you go, let me check my sent folder. Are these going <laughs> through? Right, yeah. Yeah. Is there something wrong with my internet connection? <laughs> yeah, this is what I was Do doing Do I need yesterday. to re-sign into my emails? It stopped. It is, did I lose the connection on my phone, on yeah. the app? What's going on here? Yeah. Uh, multiple times I went, let me check that send folder. Up. Oh, yep, it did send. Now, is this your email here with the company, well, or is this a personal? It was, personal? It was my email here with the company, then my personal email. So okay. I was like, are these not going through both wow. of them? So you were getting the stiff arm. It's getting a stiff arm well, from you people. Do, you guys do that to Boomer all the time with text messages so we I stiff mean, arm them yeah you yeah, guys just true. freeze them out no but these are like emails where you're asking a question where yeah. i'm asking a question you're inquiring like if boomer something. sent me a text message with a question yeah, yeah. i would answer it instead of just a link to something you have no interest in yeah he yeah. sends me a link to like a comedian he likes i'll right. get to it but i'm gonna rush to it yeah you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. uh the jets uh, soap so opera. wait what was the yeah. what mm -hmm. was the the what was the end of this i got still waiting on nothing. responses you got nothing you nothing. didn't like follow up or text the person and say hey what the heck no. Wow. I didn't. All right. Hopefully it's nothing that's too urgent or pressing. You know, it's funny. Gmail. I don't know if you use Gmail. The company uses Gmail. Well, then by... by oh, right. By nature. By nature. You have to. Yeah. <laughs> they'll do a thing where it's like, they'll send you back your email in three days and be like, you want to follow up on this? Or? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's been a few days. You haven't heard back. So maybe, maybe circle back to that. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I appreciate mm -hmm. the little nudge that yep. Gmail gives you. Yep. Uh, these people are not really caring for email. May want to try them again. Here's a different tack. <laughs> CeeLo, uh, uh, the uh, Jet Soap Opera continues. It's Joe unbelievable. I love it now because it gives us, you know, the do Jets you? are. Yeah, I do like Last it. Last week we sat here and you said it's enough with Rodgers on McAfee already. True, but now that now I like, the thing I like about it now is it's so transparent <laughs> that they're all a bunch of liars over there, including Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. I mean, most. Rob Sala. Most, in most cases, there's a lot of lying that goes on when you're dealing with the media and sports, if yeah. you haven't noticed that. Well, don't give it away, but I have a good one wherein a guy is not lying. Okay. And coming under fire for not lying, and I appreciate him not lying. Coming under fire for not lying. Yeah. All right. I'll give you hey, that right. one later on. That's an Evan That's Roberts tease. type tease. Yeah. But that Evan Roberts, he's a teaser in the afternoon. That's Ooh. a churn-off effect. Ooh, buddy. I think that's what that was. He is a constantly, like, teasing mm -hmm. things. Don't just throw it a break. Tease what's on the way. Constantly. Mm -hmm. He's just like, uh, I've got a... And, like, if he learned that from Craig Carton... Craig used to throw out a lot of things that, oh, yeah. that didn't have a payoff. Right. Yeah. He'd be like, which New York Yankee slapped me in the face yesterday? <laughs> Five o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, right, right. But that was, I don't think, see, to me with Craig, though, that was always just the, a lot going on in his brain. Yes. Right? And he would just lose track of it. You yes. know, he'd be, he'd be focused on it, and then it would be right out the, right out the back door. And unless you reminded it, him of it on the spot, it, there was a good chance he was never getting back to that. Yeah, I don't like I don't like teases, okay. especially if it's something I could like. If you if you're gonna tease me with your take on something, yeah. But if you're gonna just tease me with information, the second I hear you, you go like, coming up in 20 minutes, I'm gonna tell you who the Mets just signed. Right. Yeah. I'll just go Google. Right. It. Right. Yeah. Or they or they'll get cute with the wording of it instead of saying who the Mets just signed. Yeah. You know, it'd be something like. Um, or Evan, I caught some of them yesterday. It was like, oh, you know, coming up later, I'm going to tell you who 
the Jets should start at quarterback this week right. or something along those lines, you know? Yes. Where it's just kind of like, it's like a, a fancy creative way of making it sound like it's going to be a big deal. And then Tease me. Yeah. Tease, you get me. To the Tease me. You get to the payoff if he even circles back to it and it's just kind of like, all right, that yeah. didn't do much for me. Yes. Yeah. I know. And that's not just Evan. I'm not trying to criticize Evan. I'm criticizing Evan. Well, that's your thing. That's not my <laughs> thing. I want to be clear about that. Just kidding. I love Evan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, this the here's why I like the Jets thing now. Because everyone's angry. Uh, Rob Sala was angry about uh, Joe. the Zach Wilson stuff. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is now angry. Angry at the Jets or whoever's leaking information. Both. And, yeah. Right, right. So he's, okay, so he's angry. Aaron Rodgers is angry at somebody within the Jets organization mm-hmm. leaking that story to Diana Rossini. Right. Of The Athletic. And yet he's calling it an assassination of Zach's character. Yes. And then Rob Sala's take on it and when his press conference, they're both talking like this did happen. So what's the if, if Aaron Rodgers wants to be mad that it got out, great. Yeah. But calling it a, an assassination of character when he in fact did go and say I don't want to play. The only thing I would say to that, Al, is and I think I think Boomer might have alluded to this yesterday, if I'm catching some of the show. I just I don't know the nature of how this was delivered to the Jets. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't know that Zach Wilson was going through the facility in Florham Park shouting, hey, I don't want to play, that kind of thing. Like, I know Boomer said maybe it was his agents, somebody that's part of his his team, his crew. Like, I don't know that it came directly from the horse's mouth. I, I don't know that. That I don't know. You don't think he got over the loudspeaker? Yeah, right. Attention. Uh, hey, right. this is Zach Wilson. <laughs> uh, I don't yeah. plan on playing anymore. This organization. Uh, you know, I, I, it could be anything. He could have been something he said in passing to a teammate, like, "Hey, I'm not sure." So I think that's the point Rogers is trying to make. And I know a lot of people think, "Ah, enough with Rogers. This is just a way to spin the attention off of him." Now, I mean, it's all there's some sort of deeper meaning or you know media strategy here. I don't know. I'm not thinking that deeply about all this stuff. Like it's fun to do. I get there's a lot of layers and yeah, tentacles to all this, but it's just like honestly, it's just it you can change the coach, the GM, the quarterbacks, whatever the case may be. This stuff for whatever reason seems to follow the Jets year in and year out. Well, it's a funny thing where Aaron Rodgers goes, this doesn't happen in winning organizations. Exactly. Yeah. Which is why it's happening where you are right now. Well, he comes the from Jets. a winning organization and probably feels like if I'm going to be here, I expect things to be done a certain way or for things to change. Now, again, if you're an anti-Rogers person and you want to say, well, who the hell is he? He comes in as a mercenary. Like, why do we have to do everything he says? So on and so forth. That's fine. You can take your shots at him. He's not perfect. He's got just the one Super Bowl, all the years of talent and great stats and a great career. But, I mean, compared to what the Jets have had, for the better part of the last 15 years, bars set pretty low. So maybe a guy that, while he's not perfect, you might want to take some of what he does and try to incorporate that into your organization. I suppose. the Jets have had issues year in and year out with leaks, quarterback drama, incompetent head coaches, incompetent GMs. And, and I think Fliegelman might have referenced this yesterday and they were asking him, like, well, what do you think about that? Change all the names, different regimes. The one constant is the owner. I'm sorry. I have to come back to that. And he might be a very nice man. Seems like it. But at some point, that has to be a factor in all of this. Because he's at the top. He owns the team. 
He's making the hires as far as what goes on inside that building, even beyond football, from a business standpoint, all the people that work over there. And it just seems that there is a lot of dysfunction. And ultimately, you got to look at the person who signs the paychecks. And there's not a lot you can do about that. You can't force them to sell the team. But to me, that's where it starts. That's fair, CeeLo. I do like that the Jets did finally cut one of Aaron Rodgers' buddies yesterday. I guess. See, this was Tim bizarre Boyle. to me. Like, uh, fine, yes, I agree. Uh, who, enough with the Rodgers cronies, as I call them. But, like, they've talked this guy up. Rodgers loves him. Teammates love him. He got a very small window to try. And I'm not saying he should be given more time. But, like, they didn't want to play Trevor Simeon. They finally put him out there. And now he's the one that remains. And they sent, like, it's just very right. strange, the whole thing. Tim Boyle's gone for Brett Rippon. Which is fine. I mean, I get bringing in another body, especially if this Zach thing is legit and he doesn't want to play or they're not sure they want to play him. That's all well and good. It's just, it's interesting to me because we just say like, okay, well, Rodgers is running the show. You got to make him happy, so on and so forth. We know that Tim Boyle's on that list, Trevor Simeon and Brett Rippon or not. So you want to bring Rippon in. It's just interesting to me that Simeon remains. I guess just because we... Of the of those two guys, we've seen him play the least over the course of the last few weeks. He got a little shot to try and light the fire this past week against Atlanta, and that didn't that didn't work. Maybe this is all part of this uh, the whole big conspiracy where like they call Rogers in and they go, "Listen, the media, everyone thinks that you're running this place. We got to dump this. Uh, we got to dump one of Throw your guys. The bone, a little sacrificial yeah. lamb. We got to dump one of your guys. Who could we get rid of? And he's <laughs> like, ah, I guess dump Timmy Boyle." Very strange. And I, I know the afternoon guys played this back yesterday, and it, it is laughable. The clip from the Black Friday game on Amazon against the Dolphins, <laughs> where they're ta- Al Michaels is talking about, oh, we met with Salah this week and asked him about Tim Boyle and so funny. He goes, hey, you, don't, you never know. Maybe he's the next Kurt Warner. <laughs> That's what he says. Less than two weeks later. Gone. See you later. Saw. So- God. The Jets mess. are just a disaster. Yep. I mean, just re- just all around. And here's the thing: like, let's say everything, let's say uh, that the season finally ends. It will. It will inevitably. Right. And Aaron <laughs> Rodgers will be here. So, I guess they ain't I winning. Don't even, they, I don't know what to expect anymore. This team ain't winning nine games next year. They're not. Um, logic and history but, would suggest no. Like yeah. when you look at the Jets right now. Week in and week out. Yeah. Do they seem like they're one player away from being a playoff um, it, team? To, to some extent, yes, they're a competent quarterback away. And we've seen other guys step in on other teams that are not even starters that have been able to move the ball, score points, so on and so forth. So it's unique in that. So Okay, I'll say it this way. Zach right. Wilson, Tim Boyle, Trevor Simeon, nothing's worked as far as this offense. You're going to say, all right, well, that's a Nathaniel Hackett problem, right? Yet Aaron Rodgers has uplifted the Nathaniel Hackett offense and proven that he can be successful running and executing that offense. So from that standpoint, if he can actually play next year and be healthy, are they a Super Bowl contender? No. But will they look a lot better than this year? I have to believe that they would. It's not like they have zero talent on offense. Yeah, there's some spots that they need to improve, the offensive line being one of them, wide receivers not named Garrett Wilson being another. But you've got Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Tyler Conklin's a solid tight end with Aaron Rodgers. They can get some better protection. I could I could paint the picture where they're at least competent and competitive, assuming the defense is going to be maybe not exactly at the level it's at right now because they're inevitably going to lose a few guys from that unit, but they still should be pretty good. 
So then it just comes down to what does their schedule look like? And, of course, the question that every team in the NFL deals with, injuries, health, and specifically at the quarterback position. Yes. They need – here's what they need to do in the offseason when they get – if Aaron Rodgers come back healthy. They need a like – but like a starting quarterback backup or something close to that. Yes. Yeah. Like a Tyrod yes. Taylor, who I think is more than likely going to be gone from the Giants after this year. But no, not even a, no. No? No. You need a guy. This is what all NFL teams now. You need a guy that's a starting quarterback as your backup. Do you though? Yes. Look at what the Bengals just did the other night. I know that's a one one a one shot deal. Let's see if he keeps okay. it up for three weeks, four weeks. How about Gardner Minshew? But he was uh okay. Yeah, I mean he's all right. He's has started in the league. I don't know that I'd say I mean, there's a reason why he's bounced around and been the backup and stepped in when guys have gotten hurt. Like he had the run in Jacksonville, I guess, for a little bit where he was starting. But I don't, I don't like think he they... was drafted. Thinking like, hey, this guy's going to be our starter, you know? Yeah, I don't like when they go, uh, well, he's a good quarterback. He's like when they'll look at a guy and go, well, he's a backup. Um, after a few games, you see what he is. Yeah. But that's like. It oh, happens. Like Taylor Heineke. You can catch lightning in a bottle a little bit with a guy like that. Right, but isn't that the majority of even starting quarterbacks? They, they're okay? Yeah. It's a short list of guys that are. And that's why I always get. People go nuts about it. You got to lose games because you need the top pick in the draft and this, that, and the other thing. Like, if we went through all the teams right now, I did this with Jerry Black Friday. Look at teams in playoff positioning and look at how they acquired their quarterback and where that quarterback was drafted. Like, the idea that it always comes from the top five is is a farce. Yes. Like, that's not the case. So, that comes, that there's a lot of other factors at play. Guys that fall in the draft for whatever reason. What kind of team does he come and play for? What kind of offense? Like, I understand there's a lot of other factors at play, but this idea that if, okay, you don't make the playoffs, you better suck and pick in the top five because that's the only way you're answering the quarterback question is just not based in fact or reality. Truth. Those are truth bombs from CeeLo. Uh, Jerry's out today. He'll be out tomorrow. Rutgers situation. Eddie Scazzeri's back from his illness. Boomer and Gio will be here at 6 o'clock. Welcome back to the warm-up program. My name's Al Dukes. I'm with CeeLo today. Jerry's out today and tomorrow. Rutgers situation. Eddie Scazzari back from his two-day uh, sick day, sick uh, time. Situation. I like that. We Rutgers looked it up. situation. We looked it up. Eddie was last called out sick in 2016. Yeah. I, w- I mean, very rare. Yeah. And I was here one day. I don't know what year it was when uh, Eddie was sent home by Mark Chernoff. Yeah. Because he was very ill. I mean, we're talking about a man who used to mock those of us yes. who would not show up for work due mm-hmm. to illness. Now, this is pre-COVID, so to be fair, things maybe changed a little bit there as yes. far as shaming people. And I say that with all due respect. I'm well, not you, knocking you, him there. We of course I think can't. in 2016, I was actually in the hospital. Correct, right. You yeah. you called out on your way to the hospital. That's how uh, extreme a, it has to be. Because the, the doctor, he gave me like a, I had cellulitis. He gave me a shot, whatever, antibiotic, whatever it is. And he looked at me and he says, you're going to go to work tomorrow, aren't you? (laughs) Yep. Because he knew I had gone to work. He didn't understand how I was walking around. (laughs) That's the time. Remember, I had that that big hot patch on my stomach. Yeah, that's right. And he had a a hot patch. Like if you touched his stomach, it was hot. Uh Yeah. So he then called the ER and basically ordered me to go. And then you had to call out because you were going to the ER. Yeah. Sorry, I can't make it today. I'm going to the emergency room. And then he came to visit me in the hospital to make sure I didn't check myself up. (laughs) 
It was shocking that Eddie was out. Very shocking. It's funny. I was thinking this morning, actually, after I got up at 2, Eddie, of the morning I had to call him at whatever godforsaken time it was because I literally in between vomiting. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it in today as I was between, you know, up chucking at like 2. That was today? No, I was thinking of it this morning because oh. I wasn't feeling great. I didn't get to that point. So Okay, good. I'm here. It's all good. But that was a couple of years ago. But that's like, like last night, it's 10 o'clock and my wife hears me struggle and she's like, can you get at it tomorrow? I'm like, I got to be at work in six hours. I'm already the backup. Like, no, it's not, <laughs> right. you know, You're I'm not backup. getting Peter Schwartz on the phone at 10 p.m. here. Hey, can you Correct. come? Correct. You know, like, yeah, if something extreme happens, you're going to the hospital or something. That's one thing. But that's why you, know, you got to just man up. Yeah. When you're working like an early morning shift, no matter what your job is, uh, you really have to make that decision like the night before whether you're going to call out. Even like, or midday, I yeah. would say. And then yeah. you feel kind of like a little bit of a wuss. You're like, I could yeah. be completely better in eight hours. Right. There's guilt. But you, you don't know. You don't like inconveniencing. Like that morning when I was throwing up, there was nothing you could do in a pinch. I think you ended up doing the updates that's more. Oh, yeah. So it just like changes everybody's day. Yes. You know, you're like you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be responsible for messing with other people's routines. Correct. Yeah. We're big routine people. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, a, a, a guy a guy on Twitter, his name is Gus. He reached out to us, CeeLo. Yeah. He thinks Tim Boyle is the rat. The leak. The leak, which that is why he got cut. Yeah, I mean. That's I, a good theory. I will agree with Gus that that thought crossed my mind yesterday a few times after I saw the news. Like, you know, Rogers goes and says what he says, and then shortly thereafter, after he, we got to figure this out and clean this up. I mean, they were going to make a move. If they're bringing Rippin in, they were going to move on from one of their quarterbacks. I'm just surprised, again, that it was Boyle rather than Simeon just because of the relationships and the connections. Can't rule it out, but it doesn't seem to really fall in line with, like if Rodgers loves Zach Wilson as much as he says, unless you're going to give me like scorned lover situation with like Tim Boyle's a little jealous of the Rodgers-Wilson relationship. It doesn't quite line up. And I think I've heard Tim Boyle speak glowingly of Zach not that yeah. long ago. I, what does that mean? The, right. Yeah, I get it. Everyone's get a it. big fat liar when they're in front of the press. I get it. But Rogers also referenced how there have been leak issues, not just this. I mean, he knows of this season. But, I mean, in, in recent years with all the quarterback nonsense and drama that's happened with the Jets in Florham Park, like this has this is something that has gone on for a while. And it's not the only place that it goes on. I don't want to make it sound that way. Like, this is the way sports are covered these days. Anonymous sources are a big part of it for these outlets to get their exclusive reports. But, like, I don't think this is all of a sudden, hey, Tim Boyle showed up and the Jets are a leaky faucet over there, you know? Yeah. I saw a big inflatable rat outside Tim Boyle's house. I drove by <laughs> this morning. It was just out there. <laughs> yeah, they already got... I don't know how they moved so quickly to get yeah. those inflatable rats out, but they, I've seen one a lot house. up on 6th Avenue in Midtown. Sometimes when I'm going to the other job, it's yeah. just like on the back of a pickup truck. I don't know what that's all about. Big rat just sitting yeah, out there. Yeah, huge, giant inflatable rat. Yeah. So when I you just said it. that, that's what I thought of. I love that. That's a great way to protest something. Just bring your big, fat, big fat rat. And inflatable rat out. Big rat and some cheese. Yeah. Where we go. Um... Oh, I saw another. This was great too yesterday. I got a direct message on uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. I have my DMs open for people to send me, uh, hopefully, uh, uh, good breaking info sure. and that sort of thing. A guy messaged me saying he's sick of WFAN <laughs> faking things like the Joe Beningo story. Faking it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wish I could have come up with something creative to pretend to have Joe. 
You know what I like? Any, and I can't say this to a listener because they don't, but if you know Joe, <laughs> he doesn't do fake. Yeah. It's just not his thing. He went on the apology tour yesterday. Yes. He uh, called into Boomer and Geo. He called into Evan and Tiki. I didn't hear that live, but I, it sounded like he um, surmised that none of this would have blown up or been a big deal if, uh, like, if Marash and Lugauer weren't in charge of like pumping out the clips after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> it would have just kind of got swept under the rug. But because we publicized it, it that's where it that's what it ended up, ended up happening, and it, it kind of built steam. Well. I will tell you, I was listening to it live when he was on initially. Yeah, and I was texting Jerry the the timestamps oh, so for the clips in the morning. It. Oh my gosh, it felt so it was so great. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, this stuff, this is some incredible <laughs> sound here, Jerry. And I wanted to make it easier for Jerry since I was listening live to yeah, where the like the crazy sure. stuff was. Right. I was like, Jerry, four fourteen. Joe sent a six part plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to Rob Solomon. That was my favorite one of all of them. That's the what I mean. Like the fact that he wrote out a yeah. six-point plan. But that's where there's no. This is not so like great. a put-on thing for Joe. Like this Correct. is what he. This is what life is like for him. Yeah, he no, just it was great. He wakes up and he's consumed by what's going on with his teams and the Jets being at the very top of that list. Yep. Now I was uh, talking about uh, Rob Sala lying to us, Aaron Rodgers lying to us, one man who wasn't lying to us, and then. Essentially got in trouble from his team is Dodgers manager Dave Roberts. Yep. I did think of this yesterday. He admitted that the Dodgers a meeting with Shohei Otani. And then he immediately got a text message from the public relations person uh, with the uh, Dodgers. And Roberts said, I don't feel like lying is something that I do. Yeah. I respect that. Me too. But... I think the PR person is doing their job in that we had the report a few weeks back that Otani was going to hold it against teams if they publicized. Oh, is that right? Oh, you didn't didn't hear about this? No, I didn't hear about this part. Again, I don't, same thing. That didn't come straight from Otani's mouth. Yeah. Who knows if that's real or not? But the report was he wanted everything to be kept quiet and secretive and it would be held against teams if they went public or leaked out information about his free agency process. So you had basically in less than 24 hours, two teams that did that. Who he had a report come out from Ken Rosenthal that he met with the Blue Jays All right. at their spring training complex in Florida on Monday. Uh, Ken Rosenthal's track record it speaks for itself, so no reason to believe that's not the case. And then Dave Roberts into an open mic basically telling you himself this is what's been going down as far as the Dodgers' interest in Otani and their pursuit of him. He so, said they like met for two or three hours. Yeah, right. That's great. So I guess he either didn't get that memo or just doesn't care. He's not a liar. No. And I get that. I've, again, I respect and appreciate that. Me too. But I think the PR guy's like, hey, if you really want this guy in the team, let's uh, button it up a little bit here. Yeah, I just feel like there's so much lying that goes on in politics and news. Everywhere. Science. Mm-hmm. Let's have no lying in sports. Sports is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be where we go to get away from the nonsense. Mm-hmm. No more lying in sports. So you want like the Jim Carrey movie, Liar, Liar, where for a day he can't tell a lie. Can't Everything tell a that's lie. said out loud, you know, is fact yes. and the truth. I just want facts, truth. I want mm-hmm. after a game, quarterback to be asked the question, uh, hey, through two interceptions. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, two of them went right off number 85's yeah, chest. Yeah, he sucks. Yeah, he ran the, round, he ran, ran the wrong round. Yeah, that's not on me. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Take, take it somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah you threw f- four touchdowns, but it wasn't enough to beat the Chiefs. Right. Yeah, because our defense gave up five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. 
That's the truth. Or they ask the coach, and instead of, I got to watch the tape, they give yeah. you the blunt assessment. Yes. Like, oh, it was awful. Yeah. Was I watched it. I yeah. don't need to watch the tape. Right. I was here. Yeah. It was terrible. We blew this assignment. We yes. did this wrong. Penalties, this, that, the other thing. Truth yeah. in sports. Yeah. That's what I want. Sometimes and you get it. Dave Roberts is going to be my head guy. The head he's, of he's truth in sports. A liar. Dave Roberts. I did have to Google who Dave Roberts oh. was, in fairness. I mean, I, I would have, I was like, Pretty sure he's the manager of the Dodgers. Let me double check. Could have been a GM. Who knows? Owner, GM, I don't know. You don't remember him uh, playing a huge role in the Red Sox coming back from down three games against the Yankees in no. the 2004 ALCS? No. What was his role in that? He was a big pinch runner and stole multi come, come in, stole a few bases. That oh, he was playing back then. Pivot, pivotally changed that series. Mm-hmm. And I even watched the 30 for 30 on that. Wow. And there's another <laughs> docu-series coming out on that. That, Another that, one? That same uh, the 2004 comeback. Okay. Although, in fairness, I didn't get here till 2007. Yeah, but I mean, that I was... I was a, checked out of baseball. You were down in Florida still, or no? I was still holding a grudge from the 94 strike. strike. Right, right. Okay. All right. I suppose I was that's on, fair. I was on, on year 10 of my <laughs> strike against baseball. Eventually, the statute of limitations expired. I'm striking on you, Yeah, is what I did. You strike on me, I strike back. I strike back. That's right. Much like Kramer being on strike at the bagel place, though most people hey, no bagel, no bagel, no bagel. <laughs> most people didn't know I was on strike against <laughs> exactly. Baseball. Right. Quick break here, Cela. When we return, let's talk a little Yankees, mm. and then let's talk a little Giants. Yeah. And I've got a media note for you. Oh. So I've got a Giants note. I've got some Yankees notes, and I've got a media note. Excited. And then, uh, That's a tease right oh, there. Oh yeah. Then Boomer and Geo right at six o'clock. If I was a UFC fighter, I'd probably use this when I come into the ring. That's a good one. Just start punching people. Choke a guy out, throw him on the ground. Get you going for sure. Get on top of him. I don't like in UFC like when a guy gets on top of another dude and just starts pounding their head. Yeah. Until the ref comes yeah, in and waves it off. Yeah, I don't care for that. Yeah, I don't care for that. Oh, man. They should go to the ref. Look, I'm just about to pound this guy's head. Let's just call yeah. this You'd thing. rather them in the chokehold? You like that one a little better? Yeah, I like a chokehold better. Okay. I'd like to see if a guy could get out of the chokehold. Mm-hmm. There's always like some sort of reverse move for every move you have. There's a reverse move sure. to get out of it. Yeah, has I learned, to be. I learned that from pro wrestling. Mm. Even the figure four leg lock. If you roll Ric pro Flair wrestling. over, you could get right out of that figure four leg lock. Sure. It'll happen. It can happen. Uh, what else do I have here for you, CeeLo? Uh, one, let me start with the media note I had. Oh. This is very This is really surprising to me. Really surprising. Okay. I'm reading that uh, Tony Kornheiser returned to PTI Studios for the first time since COVID started. Wow. What? Quite a run. I had no idea that that was the case. He's still working from home? I guess he was. Oh, what are we Must doing? Must be nice. And then why come back now? Like, what... Sp- what sprung I that? Know. I know not quite the same with Stern, but yeah. he spent, has spent a lot of time away from the studio. Oh, yeah. Right? He has oh, some yes. serious, uh, serious anxiety about all of that. Yeah. Do you think Tony Kornheiser has... I guess. I mean, what other explanation would there be? I think a lot of people used it as an excuse. Like, we're in an era where if you say so-and-so gives you anxiety, your company can do nothing about it. Like, yeah. they, they just got to bow down to mm-hmm. everything you do. Do you think he's just taking advantage? Taking advantage. Maybe? I think it's a taking advantage spot. Because he now now suddenly is cured from whatever that is. Did you, I did didn't you investigate. do any? Yeah, so there I did, you go. You know what? I, I did read 
the article was on uh, the blog Awful Announcing. Sure. And I did read that and did not get any further information. There were no reasons provided? No. All right. Did not get any reasons. Well, welcome back, Tony. I got to tell you, I hear the Tony Kornheiser uh, podcast promo all afternoon when I've got Evan and Tiki uh-huh. on. My gosh. Big Odyssey uh, promo? Uh, yeah, it runs on the stream like a lot. Okay. Tony Another guy Kornheiser. who, I, you know, Al, I, in this day and age, I'll tell you a quick story. I, I just... I'm now at a point where I assume everyone has one, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm a at, podcast. Yeah, I'm at Sirius the other day, and I went out to the elevator vestibule to go downstairs to get a salad. Right? I walk out into the the area. We're waiting for the elevator. There's one gentleman there, very recognizable face, who I've never seen in the studios there before. It's Al Roker. Oh, okay? Al Roker. So of course I'm thinking, like, oh, let me strike up. He was very friendly, you know, hello, so on and so forth. But I ended up not, I was just like, hey, how are you, sir? Like, you know, how's your day? So on and so forth. But I didn't, I wanted to be like, oh, what brings you in today? But I was, so, in this day and age, so afraid. Like, he's probably got a podcast, <laughs> uses this. I don't want to offend him that yeah. I don't know that he does something here in the studio. So I, have I one never of the, said anything to him about it. I have one of the top podcasts in the right. world. Yeah. I'm Al freaking Roker. I didn't want to be that guy. It's just the two of us on the elevator riding yeah. down 36 floors, and it's going to be an awkwardness because I don't know that he does something in the building there. Here's so what I, I, I ended up just, you know, keeping quiet. Have a good day. Here's what I started doing when I have an awkward... I just assume you have a podcast, and I tell you I listen to it. I just go, yeah. hey, Al, Big love fan. your podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, odds really? are in Thank your favor. You. Odds yeah, in your favor. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. So you have at least one podcast. <laughs> Some people have multiple, uh, multiple podcasts. Right. Yeah. 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 So welcome back, Tony Kornheiser. There you go. That used to be a staple for me. Uh, Five thirty. Yeah. Uh, eating some dinner mm-hmm. on my dinner on my sad single man dinner tray <laughs> in front of the TV watching PTI. When did you get away from that? I don't know. That's a really great question. I don't know when I got away from that because they still do. I mean, PTI they do around yeah. the horn as well, right? Yeah. I was never a fan of Around the Horn. Mm. The the randomness of which they gave points to people didn't never made any sense. Well, to they, me. of course, being Tony, Tony Reale. Yeah. yeah. You'd just be guy. like, doo, doo, doo. yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that. All right. And then, like, I like, I like, you know, maybe when I got away from PTI, there were way too many times where one of them wasn't there. I don't okay. know if that was in a summer situation or what, but well, I, I lost busy. interest. Well, they were busy. Like, didn't Wilbon do um, some NBA coverage? Yes. And Kornheiser had the Monday night gig briefly, right? Wasn't he yeah, part of the Monday night broadcast? Yeah, that was a while ago. Though. But I'm saying, like, I remember there being instances where they were doing other things, so they weren't there together every day. Like, yeah, I don't want to turn it on and see Bill Simmons instead. Like, <laughs> I want Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon. They, yeah. wor- they work. The other people just, or like um, Frank Isola was on a lot. Nothing against Yeah, Frank, he was on both not, of those shows a lot. He did a, a lot of Around the Horn as yeah, well. Yeah, there's a particular chemistry that certain guys sure. have that Partners, you, you yeah. cannot replicate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the Yankees... Uh, kind of like how people feel about me filling in here for Jerry. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. There's uh, just certain things that... Uh, not the same. Not the same. I want my Alan Jerry. Or me filling in for Jerry in the post game. Yes. That too. Or right. Fleegs filling in for you in there. It goes uh-huh. all around. Round and round we go. Oh, Yeah. Uh, so the Giants are going with uh, Tommy DeVito, a quarterback. Yes. Because, quote, he earned it. Tyrod Taylor is upset. Disappointed, but probably, yeah. He had to know that there is no way the Giants could have come out and said, we're going to give Tyrod Taylor the yeah. ball. Just because he knows doesn't mean he can't be upset or disappointed on a personal level. I suppose. I mean, this guy has had this happen to him now oh multiple gosh. times in his career. So, so many times. You can understand, again... As an individual, 
You think it'd be ca- have calluses about it already? Like, well, at least he's not callous. one of these guys that just bounces around and you know gets these asinine backup quarterback contracts yeah. and never sees the field. Like he wants, he wants to play, has played quite a bit, but he just hasn't been able to carve out a consistent role for himself other than the year or two he had with the Bills, where he was their regular starter. Again, the situation with the Chargers, with the doctor, you know, where he got punctured or whatever. Yeah, yeah the and, least the Giants didn't collapse. His right, mom. exactly. Good point. While they did, the offensive line got four of his ribs broken, two displaced, so we got and that. And I actually think right now, as we sit here today, if you were to say, who gives you a better chance to win on Sunday? Mm-hmm. I would say Tyrod Taylor does. Agreed. But it's not about that. We want to We've we finally have something different. We're we're looking at yeah. local kid. And I know some oh they they run the table like come on man, the Packers are red hot. You got to play the Eagles twice. Like let's let's just be real here. You don't score points. Yeah, and like and I get it. It's a slippery slope because you don't want to essentially tell your locker room, hey, we don't care about wins and losses. But like, it's a. It's a team and a roster in transition. You're in year two of, I'm not going to say it's a full rebuild, but Joe Shane kind of having to do what Joe Douglas did in his first couple of years with the Jets where they're churning the roster and trying to improve the the depth and the bottom half and all that. So that's a, a reason why they you know traded Leonard Williams away because, hey, we can get a return. We've got other guys we want to take a look at, younger players, evaluate them, find out if they're part of the future. So same, same can be said for Tommy DeVito, whether it's, Hey, there's an outside chance he could be a starter, or hey, he's a backup we feel good about. We got to find those things out. Right. We know Tyrod Taylor's pros and cons Correct. already. He's been doing it a long time. He and has. I'm sure he'll be a valued commodity in the offseason when I his like contract him. expires, especially after this season where a bazillion teams have had to turn to their backup quarterback at some point. You know, when I first found that I enjoyed the man who is Tyrod Taylor on the hard knocks when it was the Browns. Yeah, they had when him they on. had Baker Mayfield yeah. in as a rookie. He was just such a nice, easygoing guy. Uh huh. Similar situation, good. like you know, the deck was stacked against him because they had just used the number one overall pick on Baker yeah. Mayfield. What's well, going to be cool though? He's going to definitely be one of those guys because we've seen it with much lesser quarterbacks than Tyrod Taylor. That when you when he retires and you look at his career earnings, he's going to be through the roof. I don't. You know, it's funny. I don't know that he ever cashed in the way some of these other guys yeah. do. I like, feel like there's listen, guys I'm sure that are... he's done well for himself. He's played in the league a long time, but I feel like he's been more of a year-to-year bounce-around guy. Like, I'm sure he got a contract maybe from the Bills at some point. I don't remember there being a big one like we've seen from some of these other other guys that are just destined to be a backup. That, All right, you know... CeeLo, I've got uh, Sport Track telling me uh, 13 seasons mm-hmm. how much money Mr. Tyra Taylor has earned. If I, I'll, I'll take a guess. 13 seasons, I'm going to say it's under 100. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, to, to me. I, I guess mean, it's $38 say, million. Dollars. Yeah, that's, I mean, again, in my, the grand oh scheme my. compared to you and I, of course. Yeah. But when you talk about quarterbacks in today's day and age being paid thirty to forty million dollars yeah. a year, I'm guys just saying thirteen what, seasons. What you know? a great life to be a backup quarterback, and then you're rolling out thirty eight million dollars. Sure. Oh, baby! But after taxes, Al, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I don't know how he's living that Tyrod Taylor. Hmm. Hmm. All right, CeeLo. Uh, we'll just take a quick break little here. Sportsman from Amy here. Oh, little Amy, oh, yeah. Lawrence Sportsman. Yeah, what, what's what this one about? about? What do you got? Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Mm, no. Come on. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, 
the superheroes of WFAN. Oh, welcome back. Uh, Jerry's out today. CeeLo's here. We've got a few more moments. We were talking about the inflatable rat that you'll see in New York City. Yeah. When they're using uh, some places like using non-union workers. I did not realize that. Yeah. yeah a little protest from union folks. They should dress it up like, a, you know, we do inflatables. Like, Jerry's a big inflatables guy for Christmas. Yeah. A big I, have, I have some up. You yep. say, mm-hmm. Get the giant rat, put a Christmas hat on him. <laughs> From the perfect. building here. What else yeah. screams holiday spirit and Christmas but a yeah, giant the rat? Union rat. <laughs> Very rarely in our many years here, the union rat was out in front, not because of something we were doing, but yeah, I guess yeah. another tenant. Nearby. And uh, if you go down, they'll hand you literature as to they'll let sure. you know why the rat is uh, making an the appearance. Word. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how many they have for the city. WFAN-FM, WFAN-FM HD1, New York, always live on the free Odyssey app.